God's word for our meditation this morning is our second lesson from Colossians chapter 4. I'll reread it for you. It's in the service folder. You can also open up to the Pew Bible or if you have your own Bible along. Paul writes, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord. I'm going to put a little disclaimer on this sermon. This is going to be a little uncomfortable for many of you. Because I'm very concerned when Christians aren't very concerned about their own spiritual welfare. When going to church is not that big of a priority. I go once in a while if I have time. Or, or, or Bible study just isn't that important to me. I just don't have time for it in my busy schedule. I, there's a reason why your pastor and your elders and others from church continually are encouraging you to come and to be in the Word of God with your fellow Christians because we care about your spiritual welfare. And it's concerning to me when Christians don't care about their own. But it's even more concerning for me when Christians don't care about the spiritual welfare of others. When there's people you know in your life who are backsliding faith. People that you say, well, they're believers, but yeah, they don't go to church or read the Bible, but they are still believers. Are they? <laughs> For how long? Or when you're not concerned about people who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior is all, at, at all, when they, you know that they are on the path to hell. That's a concern to me, if that is not a concern to you. If you had a terminal illness that you struggled with every single day, that plagued you every day, it caused you pain and sickness, and, and you know that it's going to lead to your death, but then you find out that there's a cure for this, and, and your family and friends knew about that cure, and they never said anything to you about it, how would that make you feel? You'd think they don't really love me. Do they really care about me? Are they really concerned about me? How much more don't you have the cure to the curse of sin and eternal death and hell? And is it love and care and concern if you don't share that? Now, you might, you might say to me, well, I, I, I care, Pastor. I'm concerned about those souls. I pray for them. But are you really concerned if you don't do anything about it? I mean, seriously, are you? If you're walking along the road and there's someone laying in the ditch and they're left for dead and, and you walk by and just say, oh, that's, that's too bad. Someone should really do something about that. Are you, do you really care? Are you really concerned? This might make you feel a little uncomfortable this morning if this hasn't been something that's been a priority to you or something that's important to you. When is the last time 
that, that you saw someone hurting in your life, someone who was going through a really difficult time, maybe, maybe through some grief or through a really troubling time, and you shared the peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Or, or a friend who is grieving over the loss of a loved one, and you shared the peace of Christ with them. Or someone who is struggling with an addiction, who's just trying to get out and they're looking for answers and, and some sort of help. Or you see someone who's, who's caught up in, in the ways of this world and their sights are completely off of, of God and, and, and eternity. When's the last time you shared the gospel with someone in a situation like that? Have you ever? Or when's the last time you invited someone to come to church with you? When's the last time you invited someone to come to a Bible study with you? Have you ever? I mean, does this really matter to you? And if it doesn't, that's a big concern to me. Because we're, and if that's the case, you need to go back and remember what this is all about. Souls are at stake. We're talking about life and death eternally. And you know, <laughs> you know. And I know that there's some of you. I know that there's some of you who, who, who know that this is what you're called to do and this is what you want to do and you just, it's hard for you. You struggle with it and that's okay. That's what we're here for. But there's some of you who, frankly, I wonder, do you care? Is this really that important to you? Does it matter? If that's the case, remember what this is all about. Eternity. Souls are at stake. And you know. You know the gospel. You know the good news of Jesus Christ. You have that, and it's not yours to keep. It's yours to share. And to start with the people in your life. Friends, the... One of the goals of this sermon is to make you feel a little uncomfortable. And if it has, good. I hope so. Because <laughs> that's what you need. But the main goal of this sermon is to encourage you. To encourage you to this high calling. Because I, I know that, that there are many of you that are, that are passionate and, and principled about so many things in this life. It might be your sports team. Might be your favorite football team that kicks off today in just a couple hours. It, it, it might be your preferred political views that you're passionate about and principled about. It might be how you feel about masks and mandates and, and all of these things. And that's fine. Be principled and be passionate about those things. But all of those things are trivial. None of those things in the end matter. This does. This matters forever. It should matter to you, and it should matter enough to share. If you're going to be principled and be passionate about something, let it be this. So let's get encouraged in that today. Because if we're going to have fire in our belly about something, let it be about the gospel. And about souls that are dying. Souls that are struggling. Souls that need that peace and that joy that we have in Jesus Christ. And our section from our second, second lesson from Colossians helps us with that today. To encourage us, to guide us, to help us see what is it we are to be doing. 
And there's three things that Paul encourages the Colossian Christians and the Christians of today to do. To pray, to prepare, and to proclaim. Let's start out with prayer. He says here in the beginning of our lesson, he says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open up a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it as clearly as I should. Every Christian who longs to share the hope that they have with the people that are closest to them are going to pray. And Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer. A Christian prays. A, a Christian listens to the word of God but then speaks to the word of God. We're devoted to prayer. And he says, when you're devoted to prayer, what you're doing is you're being watchful. You're watchful of the enemy who wants to take you away because you're looking to God for everything. You're, he says you're also being thankful because you're putting your trust in God. You're saying, I, I, I believe only in you, God, as you, put, as you devote yourselves to prayer. And as you devote yourselves to prayer and you're being watchful and thankful in prayer, he says, pray that doors would be opened. He says, pray for open doors. This isn't working. Can you click it for me, Sienna, please? Pray for open doors. There we go. Pray for open doors. Opportunities for the gospel to be proclaimed. Paul says, pray, those, pray that for us, for me and, and for the other missionaries, for the apostles, that we may be able to proclaim the mystery of Christ, he says. And, and, and the, Christ is a mystery, in a sense. It's not something that people know by nature. People don't know that peace and that joy of a Savior, naturally, that needs to be revealed to them. It needs to be shared with them. In that sense, it's a mystery that needs to be shared with those who don't know it. Pray for open doors for that opportunity. And maybe, maybe you need to do that in your life. Maybe you need to pray for open doors because maybe your circle of people is a lot of Christians. People who already know Christ. People already share the same faith with you, and that's wonderful. Rejoice in that. Celebrate with them. But pray for open doors that God would give you the opportunity to proclaim Christ to others. That he'd put you in situations and open up doors where you come into contact with people who don't know what you know. But I think for most of us, there's wide open doors right in front of us right now. Maybe. Maybe that open door is right in your house. If you have a spouse who's an unbeliever, or who doesn't think going to church is important, or hearing God's word on a regular basis is important, that's a wide open door for you, dear friend. And maybe it's a, an adult son or daughter who's decided that God's word is not a priority, it's not important in their life. That's a wide open door God has placed right there. Maybe it's a friend who's struggling with depression or with some sort of addiction in their life. And they're struggling. They're hurting. My friends, that is a wide open door right in front of you. Maybe it's a neighbor who just lost their spouse. And you see the pain in their eyes and every time you talk to them, the tears well up because they're just so sad, so overcome with grief. 
My friends, that is a wide open door that God has placed right in front of you. Maybe it's a coworker who's struggling with what their purpose is in life and trying to find it in all the wrong places. Friends, that's a wide open door God has placed right in front of you. I think for many of us, there isn't just one open door in our life. You're standing before a whole bunch of wide open doors. And what happens when God opens those doors? To share the mystery of Christ? He says, prepare to make the most of every opportunity. Sorry, Sienna, I need your help again. Prepare to make the most of every opportunity. God puts us in these situations. He gives us the opportunities. Then he wants us to make the most of them. It's not okay to say that it's just my job to pray for them. Yeah, it is. But that's not just your job. And not your only job. It's not okay to say that's someone else's job. Someone else will do it. No, God's put that open door in front of you. It's not okay to worry about they might get angry, they might not take it the right way, it might hurt that relationship. What's the alternative? It's not okay to think, well, maybe I'll have a better opportunity tomorrow. Or maybe next week, or maybe next year, because friends, that might opportunity that opportunity might not come for you or for them. Prepare to make the most of every opportunity, Paul tells us here. And how do you prepare to do that? How do you prepare to share the good news of the gospel with somebody who needs to hear it without walk through that open door and take advantage of that? It's by knowing the gospel yourself. the more you are convinced of God's great love for you in Jesus, the more compelled you will be to share that love. If you're just kind of apathetic about this, if this is something that you're just kind of like, meh, about, if there isn't a fire in your belly about sharing this wonderful hope and peace of Jesus Christ, well then maybe you don't know that hope and peace yourself very well. Maybe you haven't fully grasped how your eternity has changed. And your life in this world is different, not because of anything you have done, but because of everything Jesus Christ has done for you. It's free, it's a gift, it's grace, it's yours. Know that gospel. Be in that gospel. Believe that gospel. If you're struggling to share, then you got to go back and say, what has God done for me? Go back and see again how lost you are by nature, but how God sought you out and found you and brought you into his family. How you have been so blessed, maybe, maybe to have been baptized as an infant, and God has kept you in that faith through word and sacrament all throughout your life. That's all grace. Go back to that gospel and see how every time that you come and ask for forgiveness and you confess those sins, God says, what sins? They're forgiven. Look to the cross. They're wa- wiped away. Grasp that message of the gospel yourself. 
come to know that gospel more and more and more, that good news of what's done for you, that's freely given to you, so that you can go and share. Prepare to make the most of every opportunity by immersing yourselves in that gospel all the more. To see how it's changed your life and changed your eternity and to see how it can do the same for others in your life. And how do you make the most of every opportunity? What do you do when you get to walk through that door? You get to proclaim Christ through your actions and through your words. He says here, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. We want our lives to reflect what we believe. We want our lives to reflect the gospel. We want our lives to to reflect Jesus, the one that we're sharing. And so we're wise in the way we act when we're humble. And we're gentle with others. And we forgive others. And we're kind to others. And we're respectful of others. And we're compassionate towards others. The way that we act towards outsiders is going to give us the opportunity to proclaim Jesus Christ. We want our lives to be wise, to look wise to those who are on the outside. Those who are outside of God's grace right now. Those who don't know that peace that we have, right? We want them to look inside the windows of our lives and say, I want that. I want what you have. You're going through this difficult time, but yet I see the peace that you have through it. I see you sin, but yet you, you live in forgiveness? You live without that guilt? I want that too. Those who are outside look inside and say, I want that. And you don't have to pretend like you got it all together. Because you don't. You don't have to pretend to the people around you that, that being a Christian is being holier than thou and, and being, living this you know, perfect life. Because it's not. Be real. Be who you are. A sinner just like them. Be real with who you are, but be real with who you rely on. On your Savior, Jesus Christ. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders so that then you can proclaim him with your words. Because your life, the way that you act, will provide those open doors. It will give you those opportunities, but then you have to use words to proclaim him. Paul says this right at the end of the lesson. He says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you know how to answer everyone. We want to use our words to proclaim Jesus. And we get to proclaim Jesus as our conversations are full of grace. And yes, yes, our grace for them, that yes, we come to them and we come in, in hum- humility, we come without judgment, and we come as a sinner to another sinner. We come in our own grace, but we come in conversations full of God's grace. That undeserved love that he has for you and for them that love of Christ Jesus 
that has no strings attached, that is completely unconditional, that we want our conversations to be full of that love, that you're not coming to them with, with a list of rules to do on how to get their life right, how they need to change to get right with God, but you come conversations full of grace, God's grace for them and for you. We proclaim Christ with our words that are full of grace, but that are seasoned with salt as well. Right? Salt is a, is a wonderful, wonderful tool, isn't it? Salt makes everything taste better, right? Salt purifies. It's this wonderful tool, and it's what our conversations are too. When our conversations are seasoned with the gospel, things taste better. <laughs> Life is better. People's eternities can be better. When we season our conversations with that gospel, that brings the purification of sins. That then leads to lives that glorify God. We get to proclaim Christ. What he has done for us and what difference that makes. And this is all. These conversations that are, are filled with grace and seasoned with salt. So that we can know how to answer everyone. And the answer is always the same, dear friends. The answer is easy. <laughs> right, we sang it in, in just our, in our last... In our, in our first hymn, right? It, you may not be able to preach like Paul. You maybe can't speak like angels. But you can tell the love of Jesus and how he died for all. Because my friends, the answer is always Jesus. For forgiveness. And for peace. And for hope. And for comfort. And for joy. The answer is always Jesus, and that is always where our conversations want to go. To proclaim our Savior. To proclaim their Savior. Friends, Christians speak about Christ. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's what we are called to do. And I'm not just here to tell you, go do it. Good luck. Hope it goes well for you. No, the reason your church is here is to equip you and encourage you to be able to do that. And so now it's commercial time. Your church is here to help you reach out to those people in your life. Whoever it is. And, and I hope that you've had someone in mind this entire service so far in this sermon. Someone, someone. Maybe it's someone at home. Maybe it's, maybe it's a friend or a coworker or, or a neighbor, someone who's struggling, someone who doesn't have that peace of Jesus that you have. I hope you've had that in mind. And we're here to help you, to equip you, to encourage you. We offer workshops all throughout the year to train you, to give you the tools, to encourage you to go and to, to share this good news that's meant for everybody, that's meant for that person in your life. Yes, that person. And we got one coming up next Saturday. It's a workshop called Loving the Lost. It's just three hours long. You're going to, some of you, some of you are going to spend more than three hours watching football this afternoon. Some of you have no problem sitting down and watching, you know, TV for three hours. Right? You can, you can easily do things that are important to you for three hours. Is there anything more important? Is there anything more important than knowing how? and wanting to and being encouraged and equipped to share my faith with somebody else, to share the hope that I have in Jesus, 
three hours next Saturday. And you will be encouraged. And you will be equipped to carry out this, this high calling. Take advantage of these opportunities. Take advantage of worship. Take advantage of Bible study. Read your Bibles at home. Continue to be in that gospel yourself. But then learn how to share it. Because I'm confident that you all do. I really am. If you weren't at the beginning of the sermon, I'm confident that you are at the end of the sermon. That you want to. That you know this is your call to do it. As a Christian, we proclaim Christ. It's what we're called to do. It's who we are. That person you have in mind. Or maybe those people you have in mind. Those, those open doors that, that you haven't walked through and taken advantage of. Maybe you've missed a number of opportunities in the past. It's okay. You're forgiven at the cross for that too. But now, now's your opportunity because the days are short. Our time is limited. Pray. Pray for open doors. Prepare to make the most of every opportunity God will give you. And then proclaim. Proclaim Christ through your actions, and through your words. Dear Christian, it's what you're called to do. It's what you get to do. And it's what you can be equipped to do. Because Christ is the one who calls you to do it. Christ is the one who says you as he, he's with you as you go to do it. Christ is the one who has given you this hope and this peace of forgiveness and life and salvation. A message that's meant for everyone. May God grant us that fire in our belly to go. And to proclaim. Amen.